Welcome to the Daily Creed, where we help you break your limited beliefs that are holding you back from being a personal and professional success. When you master the five character traits of commitment, resilience, excellence, execution, and discipline, you will have the power to dominate your industry and live the life you desire. And now, helping you to grow in every aspect of your life, your host, J.R. Spear. All right. Spear. Today, we ha- I have a special guest. Her name is Mallory Nicole, and she is a leading coach in performance, mindset, and success for entrepreneurs and business leaders with a focus on helping others achieve clarity of mind, powerful energy management, and unshakable leadership. She has worked with hundreds of clients and dedicates thousands of hours each year to coaching and mentoring others. As a host of the Forbes number one rated show, Abundantly Clear Podcast, and author of the upcoming book, The Abundance Decision, Mallory has helped countless individuals unlock their full potential and achieve their biggest visions. She believes in a world where we all have the choice daily to build a fulfilling life. So Mallory, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to reconnect with you and just get the leftover juice from the event this weekend. I know it was fantastic. I saw all of your photos that you and people in your community were sharing. And it just looked like a really wonderful time. It was so fun. And, uh, you know, if it, our community feels like a big family and, you know, we can, we can go to our event. This was our second one. We did our first event in, in Washington, DC in December. And we had about 75 people come from all over the country and even Canada at that time. And then, this past time, we had about 70 to 75 people as well. And it was just it, on top of the teaching and training, even though that was beautiful and it was great and we love to get tools and stuff, just being able to connect with people has been the most amazing thing. I mean, everyone comes in there and gosh, we start with our networking dinner on that Thursday night and just waiting for people, anticipating for them to come to that door just so we can just hug everyone is the most fun time ever. So I love the networking and the relationship building even more than the teaching and training. It's like, okay, when's our next break? So that way I can start talking and get to know more people. But that's where the fun is. It's so true. I just got back from an event also. And similarly, like you can't do entrepreneurship alone in your house on your own without rubbing shoulders with other people that are also doing fun things like that. That is really what moves you forward. Yeah, well, that's why I started BLN because, you know, I, I got in the online space back in 2017. You know, before that, I've already launched four other businesses in person from the fitness and martial arts space and then advertising agency and a and, and bun- bunch of different things. And I just, I, I was just getting burnt out of just online and Zooms and stuff like that. And I still do it, but I needed to figure out a way to really connect and just mm-hmm. get and just be able to rub shoulders and elbows with other people in person. And so that's why I created the the Business Leaders Network community was to really foster a community of industry leaders to really help each other grow. Because there's a lot of networking opportunities out there. Like you got BNIs and you have the chambers and you have, you know, local stuff like out here in DC, you got Nexco National, and I'm sure there's other ones uniquely out there in different areas. But they're doing, to me personally, they're doing a poor job on a lot of different things. And I wanted to change what I didn't like about it and bring it to our community and add what I wanted to see different to it. And not saying that they're all, they're bad. It's just, it wasn't the way that I wanted to do it for me. And so that's, uh, that's kind of what I wanted to do. And I wanted to tie in, you know, be able still implement the online space, but have the online, the in-person component too. I love it. I love it. This was the second event. 
this was our second one and uh we we were thinking about waiting until next year to do another one but i was asking us at the event the whole time yeah like, right, that's so not gonna doing? happen <laughs> yeah so they, they pushed us because it was it was hard going from dc and then three months later doing another one because all our focus was all right we got to do all the details for the event that we just kind of stopped the growth of our community because mm-hmm. we just couldn't be out there talking to people and doing things because we're focusing on talking to people to get them to the event and <laughs> all the details of the event and then the logistics of the event and then get, coordinate with our speakers and then coordinate with them the people coming and it's a lot it's yeah. a lot of time and energy but so worth it i love it once we're there we're doing our thing it just I wouldn't want to change it. You know, I've been doing events since I was a little kid more in the martial arts and fitness space. So coming, doing it in this sector, you know, the really cool thing is what, uh, what some people listening to this don't, don't know is I got four sisters and one of my sisters, she's four years younger than me. Her name is Jessica. She's actually my operations manager for Creed Consulting. So my consulting business plus our business leaders network. So she was is highly involved in getting our event together. And so when we're at the event, I had like my mom was running our our, uh, our our pro shop area, selling her swag gear. And then Jessica's running the entire operation. My best friend from high school that lives in uh, California, now in San Diego, flew in to help us, you know, with he did all the NMC stuff. So it just felt like an old time family event and doing what we've done our whole lives. It's like, all right, we got a tournament. We got an event. Everyone's got their places. They're doing the thing. And I just show up and, you know, shake hands. That's so cool. What an what an entrepreneur's business dream. Like most entrepreneurs, you feel like your family doesn't even really understand what it is that you do. And yeah. you have your family like in the trenches with you making it happen. So it's, that's awesome. Yeah. And the first time ever, uh, like my wife and my kids actually got to see me in this type of environment. So like my uh, kids, cool. are, like I'm up there, I'm up there in the front talking and teaching everyone and my two-year-old little girl and are like is like running up there and hug me while I'm talking and teaching and I love that and uh, so cool. the, the the big question that actually came to mind was uh, that people were asking me like aren't you worried about what people think about having your kids run around like crazy and do different things and I said absolutely not because this is the culture that I want to create I want that family environment where people know that I want to involve my family inside of my business and if they don't like that then I guess they're not part they're not a good fit for what we were trying to build. Exactly. Exactly. Do you remember the, it was like five or six years ago. I just reposted this and it was that clip on the news channel on the BBC. I can't remember who was being interviewed, but his kids like walk in and the nanny runs into the room and grabs the kids and like runs out and he's pushing his kids away. If you saw the photo that I posted on Facebook, you'd be like, oh yeah, I remember that video. It went totally viral. I loved seeing that a few weeks ago because I was like, that would never happen now. Your kids would walk into the room while you're being interviewed on BBC Network and you'd put them on your lap and they'd just become a part of yeah. it. You know, we've normalized what it means to have a business and be seen and visibility and professionalism and family is a part of it. Yeah, well, it boils, boils down to your culture and uh, and what you want to do. So it's just like, if you want that type of culture for people to be in there that enjoys family and things, then, then do it. And if you don't, right. then okay, there's no, no wrong way. But for me, it's like, I am an entrepreneur because I want to make my rules and I want, and for me, it's so important to make that, to make sure my family is part of what I do mm-hmm. and, and I want my kids. So it's really cool that, uh, so I, I did speak, I was at an event in Florida two weeks ago and I brought my family down to there as well. It was a small mastermind, only like 15, 20 people there. 
and I got to sp- speak in front of him. So my, my, my kids watched as well. And my oldest son, he'll be seven in April. And I go, so what was your biggest takeaway? What did you learn from that first one? And he goes, I learned that you were hurt. And, and I was like, huh? Okay. So I, cause that was, that was probably the first time he's ever heard my story of, you know, me getting injured over in Iraq and stuff like that. And the other piece, so he's heard me in St. Louis. So St. Louis is a bigger, is my event is much bigger and, you know, a lot, lot of people and seats and stuff like that. And I go back and I go, so his name's Jameson. I go, so Jameson, what did you learn? And he says, I learned about your big seven and the problems that people need to solve when it comes to as an entrepreneur. And I was like, wow, he actually listens and wants to do it. So the reason why I wanted to say that is because the culture that we want to establish and getting your kids involved, you're actually teaching them from a young age to grow up as in, in that space and it gives them an opportunity to really not only be involved with what you do you know see what they do but they're learning and growing just by watching i mean kids observe i mean they, they grow the most by observing their environment and, and mm-hmm. who they surround themselves with mm-hmm. which is massive i don't know if you have kids yeah. but i got three and one on the way and so it just to me that's really important i don't have kids but i have a lot of clients that have kids and what you just said, the modeling of what we learned. I spend a lot of time helping people unwire some of those stories because we don't always realize what we picked up on from our parents and from our environments that we carry into our business life. So when you were just saying that, I was like, yep, that's the stuff right there. We're always teaching. Even if we don't realize we're teaching, we're modeling something. Oh, absolutely. Now, I know we kind of got a little bit off topic, but I love uh, I love open discussions like this. But, you know, the the kind of the the topic that we really wanted to hit on today was like fuel your success to avoid burnout. Mm-hmm. And that might be part of culture and things like that. And and we've been talking for the first part of our show that we're, we're getting ready to go on break in the next three minutes. But when we come back from break, I would love to really hit on that. Could you give us a, like a, a quick overview about like what we can lean into and expect when we come back from break about fueling your success and avoiding burnout? Yeah. So part of the first, the first part is really actually in line with what you just said, because a lot of people think that they have a burnout problem or they have a busyness problem, but they have an identity issue that they haven't addressed. And we're going to talk about that. I'm going to give people a little bit of an understanding about what that is. I'm going to help people understand that it doesn't mean you have to go relive your past. And I'm going to help people understand what identity work is and how it translates into business leadership. Man, I am so excited about this one because uh, I, I struggled heavily with identity for a long time. And you know, when you when you go into the military, you're identified by the rank on your collar and the job that you do, and then your last name. Like no one really knows your first name unless you get to know them on a, on a personal level. And so when you take off that uniform and you get out there into the real world of what we call nasty civilians and you become one of those people, it's like, man, that, you know, who in the heck am I? You know, what, what am I doing? And I, I knew I was not cut out for the nine to five job. And unfortunately, and past 16 plus years of me getting out, you know, I've done different things on the side to help increase my skill level with sales positions and different types of companies and stuff to help better me. Cause I'm like, Oh, you know what? I really want to learn this. So I went and got a job and learn how to do this. I want to know how to do government sales. So I want to learn how to do that. I want to know how to do, you know, uh, warehousing stuff or whatever it may be. And even fast sales. Like I've done that quick direct sales where I'm in the middle of a store and I have 30 seconds to grab someone's attention and learn how to sell Did that for two months, just because I wanted to know how to do that and mm-hmm. learn a lot of different things. But identity is huge for me. And, and it wasn't until I was able to grasp of who I am and what I want to do, where I was actually able to excel 
because the the reality is confidence comes with clarity. More mm-hmm. clear you are on who you are, what you do, what you have to offer is that's where you're going to gain your confidence. And so many people struggle with the confidence of being able to sell mainly because they don't even know who they are mm-hmm. and what they even want to offer, what they even want to do. So I'm really pumped and excited about that. We are going to be going to our first break, but I'm going to let you, once we come back, take over the entire show and dive in as I take a bunch of notes and, and learn about this because and not even just for me, I know within my community and, and my clients, this is something that they struggle with greatly. And it could definitely be beneficial to anyone that's listening to what you have to say about this. And I mentioned before you did a post this morning about, uh, you know, some of your clients uh, saying that you have five clients that are on their journey to hitting eight figures. And I wanted to, I wanted to say that right here, that way the people, anyone that's listening on whatever show that platform that they're on, that for anyone that's being able to work with and help someone that's on a journey to hidden fake eight figures must know what they're talking about. And so, so if anyone's listening to this and be like, Oh man, you know, what is she going to be able to teach me that I don't already know about my identity? Cause I know who I am. I mean, gosh, I always try to embed myself to learn from people that are, are doing great things. And the crazy thing is even people that are making seven and eight figures and beyond, they still have questions. They still need help. They, I mean, I got people that are, way further along their entrepreneur journey than where I am. But yet they call me regularly asking me for specific questions based off my genius zone of where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And so anyone can benefit from what you have to say. I know I'm going a little bit over, but I just wanted to recap that so people know, get excited, grab your pen and paper because Mallory's about to bring the fire when we come back and talk about identity. Stay tuned and we'll come back and talk to you everyone shortly. And now a word from our sponsors. Navigating the business world can be daunting. Welcome to the Business Leaders Network, a community of like-minded entrepreneurs ready to share invaluable experience. As a BLN member, enjoy dynamic networking opportunities with high-level entrepreneurs, learn cutting-edge strategies from industry experts, and gain a platform to showcase your business. Get started today for only $37, which is less than your daily cup of coffee. Join a community that can transform your business. Visit www.blncommunity.com to get started. Your success is our mission at BLN. Let's navigate the business world together. And now back to the show. All right, Mallory. So before uh, we dive in or before we went on break, we were talking about how to fuel your success and avoid burnout. And you mentioned that you were going to talk about identity. And so I am anxiously sitting here waiting and ready to take as many notes as possible to hear what you have to talk about. So I'm going to open up the floor for you and let you just hit the ground and do what you do best. Yeah. Okay. So identity work is something that I start with every single client that I work with on, whether, whether they come to me and they think they need identity work or not, it's always where I start with people because the way that our brain works, you have things that you are conscious of, and you also have things that you might not be conscious of when it comes to your behavior. And usually when someone is on a track for burnout, we have to go a little bit deeper and understand what led them to that process. What led them to get to the point where they're on the verge of burnout? What led them to get to the point where their stress bucket was just way too full and it feels the way that it, it does you know, currently on the day-to-day? And identity work really is looking at what are the patterns and behaviors that move your performance I work with high performers. So when I'm talking about performance, you guys all listening to this are all high performers too. You know what I'm talking about? What are the patterns and behaviors that show up in your performance? 
People are people, patterns are patterns, people are not patterns. That is a big thing that I believe. And when we start looking at identity work, a lot of times we can start uncovering things about people's personalities or behaviors in their day-to-day -day habits or behaviors in their decision-making or how they're leading. And there's these little holes that we can poke at and explore to uncover why somebody might be having reoccurring performance patterns that are not in peak the way that they want it to be. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I want, I want to hit on that. And I don't want to jump the gun because you probably will talk about it. But when it comes to understanding the different patterns and behaviors within their performance, what what do you, what kind of tools or strategies do you use to help track where what's lacking and to be able to identify what needs improvement? Yeah, that's a good question. And in my business, I'm the only coach. And I'm very clear on what I want as far as my business right now. I don't have any desire to build a coaching team that are replicating the process that I do. So it's a very intuitive process. Although I've had a ton of coaching training and I've been certified in multiple different avenues, a lot of it is intuitive. And it's just kind of like one of those things like, JR, you're a natural connector. You can only teach people to the degree that you can teach someone how to be a connector, there's still a part of you that's always going to have it a little bit more than a lot of other people because it's just kind of in your blood. For me, when I'm sitting and talking and having a conversation with someone about their business, that's my thing. The way that you're the connector, I'm the, oh, I'm hearing what you're saying, but I know that there's probably something else that we could talk about that would be more effective here. Can we talk about that? So it's not exactly like a formulaic process in the sense that it's like, hey, let's follow this one, two, three step. It's listening and going, what else are they saying that they don't realize they, they could be experiencing? And me really tuning into that. And after working with as many people as I've worked with over the years, I've seen just patterns in business performance and leadership performance and entrepreneurial performance. And it's a little bit of, repeating the patterns over and over again and seeing clients deal with the same things, but also that intuitive, like, Hmm, I'm hearing something else that might be going on. Let's explore that. Do you see a common theme amongst small business owners when it comes to certain patterns and behaviors that, uh, that can be, you know, the one thing that's keeping them from getting to where they need to go inside of their business? A hundred percent. There's a, there's a handful, but let's start with one to, to hone it in and get really specific about something. Um, one of the common things that I see over and over again is people not realizing that there's still undercover stories leading them to prove their worthiness. And here's where people are going to go, hold on, nope, this doesn't resonate with me. I'm just trying to grow my business. I'm just looking for performance coaching. I just want to make more money or build my team or, or grow. This is where people go, ah, nope, not me. But when I really have a conversation with a business leader and I can uncover kind of what's going on in, in their world and what's going on in their business, let's say they've been plateauing for four years and they're like, I don't know why I keep hitting like, I don't know why I can't get past $2 million. I have no idea. It doesn't matter what I do on the front end. It doesn't matter what I do with my sales. It doesn't matter what I do with my marketing. I seem to keep hitting this over and over and over again. Sometimes it's a deeper belief. It's like there's a, a story or a thing going on inside about who they are as a person that's translating to how they're leading and unconsciously they're creating some barriers for themselves that they might not even be aware of. 
And it's really interesting because when you address that, then you can look at the application piece and say, okay, now if you address this internal thing that might be going on and you give yourself an opportunity to upgrade your internal dialogue and you give yourself an opportunity to really see yourself the way that everybody else sees you, because that's a big one. Most of us don't see ourselves the way that the rest of the world does. And when we catch up to that, and when we get really, really clear and there's a congruency of how we carry ourselves and our posture and our energy and how we put our message out into the world, doors start to open up and we stop plateauing and we stop creating these weird barriers that we don't understand where they're coming from. Yeah, that that is so true because like, and I know some people are like, oh no, I, I don't struggle with worthiness or value of who I am. But I have to say, that's probably the one thing that's keeping people from getting where they want to go. I'll give a really good example. You know, I had a client recently when she started with me back in fall last year, she was selling a program for, I don't know, $2,000 or something like that for 2,500 bucks. And she's an online uh, functional nutritionist that helps women in the in the wellness space. And then as I'm dialing in to like everything she's giving, now granted, I know the wellness space and the fitness space and nutrition space very well. I worked with probably close to a thousand of, you know, fitness coaches in that space since 2017. So I kind of know what's on the market and what people are buying and like where people should be at price wise for even for that value. And when she's telling me like, Hey, she doesn't, she rarely ever gets a no anytime she gets someone on the phone and everything she's giving, I'm like, man, you're offering at least a $5,000 offer right there. Mm-hmm. Well, we got that call. Well, I, I asked her, I go, okay, how many sales calls do you have for the rest of this week? And she said, well, I got three calls booked over the next two days. And I said, okay, well, you're selling it for about $2,000 or $2,500. I don't want you to sell it for less than $4,000. Well, when she got on this call, she sold three for three at $4,000. And then within a couple of weeks, we bumped it up to five. And long story, within less than two and a half months, she's made more than $100,000 just in the, just from upping her pricing and believing in her worth. I had to shift her mindset of what she was, was doing and what, what her value and her worth. I had to change her messaging. I had to change her offers. So when we did those three things and really changed her identity about what she's known, her confidence level just went skyrocketed. And without doing that, if she would have made the same amount of sales with the same pricing she did before, she probably would be less than what, you know, $30,000. But now right. she's made. Which isn't 70, sustainable. <laughs> yeah. Which she made more than $70,000 in like three months than uh, more than what she would have done without making those shifts. So knowing the worth and the value is everything and what you do and, and not just that, people feel it. Like they know, yeah. like when you're on a call with them, they feel it where it's like, oh, you know what? Are you sure you want to buy that? Are you sure that you, you want to spend a thousand dollars? And because they're just not confident in what, what they're doing. And then they start discounting. Then they start lowballing. And then it's like, they're giving up a lot more time because they feel like people want that. And just, I don't know, it's just not a good place to be in. Exactly. And there's so many layers to it. You know, it's it shows up everywhere. And I've been trying to talk more about this because I think that a lot of people don't realize this is true. We often as entrepreneurs think about mindset work as something you just need to focus on in the beginning. Like you're like you're talking about right now, like what are you pricing your offers at? How are you selling? How are you posturing yourself in that very beginning stage? But if you think about it, why in the world wouldn't a business leader that's going from zero employees to 20 employees in 24 months, and they have to shift from being very skills-based to being an emotional leader, like say what you will, 
leadership is emotional work. You are working with yeah. people's emotions every single day and you're having conversations that are different from just being a skill-based expert. There's so much mindset stuff that one might have to experience in that growth from who they are when their business is making $20,000 a month to who they are when their business is making $200,000 a month to who they are when their business is making a million dollars a month. You go through these stages and every single stage is a different growth spurt almost of, okay, what internally needs to shift so that I can become the leader that my business needs me to be to keep growing and moving forward. Yeah. So I'm kind of curious, what is your method that you do now I, I understand a lot of this is kind of uh, tenacity of just knowing when you're on a conversation with people but if someone's listening to this and then they're like man you know what I am not charging what I'm worth or I am that person that we're talking about right now that is not valuing my worth what, what is something that you would do to encourage someone to start making that shift and what what should they be implementing yeah so let's go with the charging what you're worth piece specifically. So what I would do with someone in that case is I would have them kind of like you just said, like tell them a price that they think is that you would suggest. Let's say they're charging $3,000 for something and JR, you're like, no, that's a $6,000 product easily. I'd have them on a call, say it out loud. So sell me on your $6,000 product. And then I'd read their body language. If they're trying to sell me and they're like, it's $6,000 and they slump or their eyes are darting to the left or right of the screen and they're just completely falling back in their seat, they're probably not gonna be able to sell that. So then I drop it $500. Say, okay, what happens if it's 5,500? And they try and sell me on it and we're getting closer. What happens if it's 5,000? They can do 5,000. They repeated it back to me and I believe them. I believe that they're gonna sell that product for $5,000 and that's a, that's a yes. I say, okay, go sell that five times for $5,000 and then come back and do it for six. So you have to do these integral phases. You know, we're always going through upgrades and that's why sometimes marketers or salespeople will tell me, well, I tell people what to do and it doesn't work. It's because their unconscious mind is fighting what you've told them to do, even if you know 100% they need to go do the thing. So you have to look at the process. There's, there's two things that happen. There's conflict in the outcome or there's conflict in the process. Now, if you go to this person and you say, what would it feel like to receive $6,000 right now for selling your product? They're probably gonna go, well, that would feel amazing. I would feel really excited. $6,000 would be able to pay for X, Y, and Z. And I would really celebrate that. I have no issue receiving $6,000. So we know there's not conflict in the outcome, but there's conflict in the process. So we have to look at the process. Okay, what's uncomfortable about selling $6,000? Well, and here's where the story comes up. I just don't know if, if someone would pay me $6,000 for that product. So you always want to look at both pieces. Is it the receiving thing, the receiving end? Is it the outcome that you're looking for that you're resisting? Or is it the process that you're resisting? And that can translate to almost anything. The outcome that you're resisting, you know, for a lot of people, let's say you want to keep growing and you want to double your revenue in a year. There might actually be out, excuse me, conflict in the outcome because you in your mind can't picture your business running with double the revenue because of what's going to be required from you. And it's actually going to take you away from your family and you haven't systemized stuff. So then you just avoid it, right? We unconsciously avoid all of these things when we haven't fully fledged them out. Yeah, that's that's so right. And uh, you're kind of going back to the pricing. I know we got to go on break here in a second for a second break, but I want to hit on that for a second because 
you, you the pricing I wrote down body language. So when you're talking about emotional, you're talking about body language. I never really thought about that. It's like, okay, a good test of saying, if you're looking in your mirror or you're working with your significant other and you're having to watch your body language as you do it is a huge tell. Like when, when I'm working with clients and I'm saying, Hey, you know what? I read, I, I encourage them to always do their sales calls through some sort of FaceTime or zoom. So you can watch the other person and how they're interacting. Are they present? Are they paying attention? Do they have distractions? What's going on? But I never really looked at it from the standpoint of them themselves when they get to the point of actually sharing their message and how they're reacting and responding to that. Because for me, I can respond very clear with confidence about what my price is. And it just rolls on my tongue. It's like, yeah, this is my price. Either take it or don't. But I wasn't, I I mean, I was always good in sales, but I I didn't realize that even for myself, I had to go through some uncomfortable things because my pricing last year for the same services that I give right now with my consulting program, now with Business Leaders Network, but my consulting business it was thirty thousand dollars, and then my mm-hmm. I, my my business coach who, who who's leading me, he was like, "You for everything that you're giving, I know people that are doing less than what you're offering for a hundred thousand dollars, and they're less qualified in what you do." And I was like, "Really? I like I I just don't see it." So he he pushed me. He's like, "Okay, you need to you do almost double your price. Your next client that you're gonna get out there, I want you to sell for no less than fifty thousand dollars." I was like, no one's going to buy it for $50,000. Like, these are the thoughts going through my head. Right. And I'm like, no one's going to buy it for $50,000. And then that next week, I sold two of them for $50,000. <laughs> and so, and I was like, okay, you know, there's something there. But now I'm at the standpoint, I was telling a, a friend of mine who's, who's going to be joining my program. And he was, uh, I was saying, you know what, for everything I'm giving, I like, I need to up my price to at least 75K. And I'm going to be doing that probably in June. And he was like, shoot, I need to sign it before June. And I don't the price. But I can say with confidence now, because it's like going through those different steps for you gain the belief in yourself. If you would ask me five years ago that if I could sell something like over $10,000 or $20,000, I'm like, mm-hmm. no. But there's also a, a, a core, like, a, uh, what word am I looking for? A resent, correlates or I can't think of it. Relation. But it's also really hard. Well, no, it's really hard to sell something that you've never invested in yourself to, to buy yourself too. Can you do yeah. that? Sure. But if if yeah. you if you've never spent more than a thousand dollars on yourself on self development or any product or service or whatever, it's gonna be really hard to have the confidence to go out there and ask someone to spend a thousand dollars on what you have to have to offer. Mm-hmm. So yep. I know that I've spent over the past couple of years a few hundred thousand dollars on myself through events and coaches and everything that I got going on. So for me, when I, when I say you know, hey, my program is fifty thousand or seventy five thousand, to me it just seems like like Normal. I actually feel. Well, it's not even just feeling normal or or confident in it. I actually feel like, gosh, like I, I feel bad with myself because I feel like I'm undercharging myself. Like to that point, even at the fifty thousand, even at seventy five k, it's like, gosh, like what I'm. Well, then why like, are we waiting till June for you to raise your prices? <laughs> exactly, <laughs> you're right. I should be waiting till that till that time. I just kind of put it on my landmark, saying, hey, you know what? The people that I've already talked to that are going to do it, they're waiting for whatever period of time. But you're right. I need to make sure that I, that I do that. We do got to go on break because I know our host right here is going to kick our kick my butt for going over. But uh, we'll go back on break. We'll come back and we'll continue the conversation. And now a word from our sponsors. Stuck in growth and need more time to serve your clients? 
let JR Spear and his Creed Consulting team help. We offer a full done-for-you service, strategizing and building your program to scale fast. From video shoots to web design and automation, we've got you covered. Our expertise gives you more time to deliver the quality your clients deserve. Ready to build faster and serve better? Call us today at 314-221-9216 and let's kickstart your coaching program and build the quality of product your clients deserve. And now back to the show. All right, Mallory, let's continue our conversation on the value, the worth, uh, and fueling your success so we don't have burnout and identity. What else do you have to say? What else do I have to say? Man, there's so many ways that we can go with this. But I think to, to go back to one of your questions that you were asking, and it's often a question that people ask because... People want to know when they start talking about this stuff, well, what is it that entrepreneurs really struggle with? And how can we like really connect to the audience? And one of the things that comes back over and over and over again is conflict. Conflict is mm. something that a lot of us don't actually realize we are avoiding. But when you think about business and you think about growing a business or developing a team or even sales, there's conflict that happens. And in our brains and in our minds, a lot of us, we were either raised in two different types of environments. We were raised in an environment where conflict was pretty chaotic. You know, maybe we had a parent that was really angry and conflict kind of made us shut down a little bit, right? Conflict is something that was deemed unsafe. Or we were raised in an environment that conflict was never talked about. Nobody ever talked about what was bad. We didn't do that. Everything was good. We, we don't have problems in our family. We're not going to bring those things up. Almost always, and I think generationally this will change over time with how kids are being educated and the emotional intelligence that kids are being taught these days. Almost always, though, I want to say nine times out of 10, every client I work with can pick one of those households that they grew up in. And if you can't, I'm like cheering you on because your parents taught you that conflict is safe and it's not a big deal. But for most business owners and most leaders, conflict falls into one of those categories. So what happens is their lower brain is still associating conflict with being something that isn't normal. It's not a safe space to go. Because if you were taught that it's not something you talk about, or you were shown that it was something that was pretty chaotic, you're going to unconsciously avoid it. But if you think about it, JR, conflict comes up Let's say you've got a team, a, an employee that's not really doing their job and you need them to step up, but you internally are kind of struggling with conflict. What happens? Then you shut down expression. Then you don't communicate with your employee on how to meet the needs that you as the business owner need to be met for the standards of the company to move forward. Because in the back of your mind, you're telling yourself, well, I don't want to hurt her feelings or I don't want to hurt his feelings. I don't want to make him have a bad day. So I'm not going to say anything. But that bleeds money. That's the kind of thing that it's like when you look at your own high performance, that costs the business money. Every conversation that you're not having is costing your business money, whether you are working for yourself or you got 35 people on your team. That is it's so crazy you brought up the word conflict because I had the same conversation with a client at my event uh, of mine, and he, he, has an, he has his partner in his business that literally is sucking him dry on his business. Like there's no, they're having growth, but it's not consistent what they do. And it's because he's, my client is actually doing the same job of him. And the person that's actually supposed to be his partner pulling some sort of weight has been going on for like the past, as long as they've been in business. But I want to tell a personal story of mine. Like I, I gone through this, 
exactly what you're talking about is what I went through. A couple of years ago, I had my uh, operations manager of who that worked for me, and she worked for me for a couple of years. I thought she was doing a good job. I thought she was performing really well, and and granted, she we, it was a remote job. She did different things, and then I had an in-person event. Uh, it was in, in Florida a couple of years ago, and when I did the event, I realized really clearly that she wasn't everything that I thought she was. And the event, yeah, we still it's was really good but the way she showed up it caused so much drama and energy things and like stuff that she promised with the hotel and even clients and then i started hearing things from clients that were like whoa i had no clue this was being being said cost me a lot of clients actually it cost me some like three of my really top paying clients at that time and uh and just uh, just a lot of other drama that that was going on and i had a hard time getting rid of her like I, I, she was going through a lot of personal stuff on her end. And I kind of realized now that I don't know how much of it was actually true. Like, a, like even miscarriages. And I thought it was lies that like, I even believe that some of that was lies that she said mm-hmm. she had miscarriages and babies and, and then come find out. I don't even know how that is and other stuff. The point that I'm making is I was that person that avoided that conflict. I was that person that, that didn't want to let her go because like what you said, emotional, I was emotional, feeling like I had to take care of this individual. And then my coach just saying, he said something really clear, really stuck with me. He said, your team needs to do your job better than you. And mm-hmm. then he questioned me. He was like, is she doing your job better than you? And I said, absolutely not. Then she needs to go. Mm-hmm. And so that next day, that next week, I ended up getting on the phone with her. I wasn't prepared to let her go, but I did it anyways. I was like, you know, God's got a bigger plan and we'll figure it out. So I let her go. And I'll tell you, my business more than... It was probably four or five X since I've had her, you know, since I got rid of her. But the emotional stress that I got to let go of myself, it was huge. So you hit on two things that I think was crucial for me that validated me was the emotional piece, but also the conflict piece and going to your your upbringing. Because like my entire life, my mom and and my my sisters, we we have conflict, goes under the rug. We never think about it. We move on like it's never happened. And that that's that. That bleeds into my my marriage and my family that I created. It bleeds into my business. It bleeds into my friendships and, and other relationships. It's just, to me, uh, if there's a conflict, there's an issue, who cares? Move on, forget about it, and act like nothing's happened because, you know, there's bigger fish out there to whales to be taken care of. But it affects you more than we know. So It does. Really cool it, and thank you for sharing that because you just normalized it for the people that are listening because I think that we all kind of struggle sometimes. Well, we when we grow, we stop caring. But when this stuff is new, it can feel so vulnerable. Like it can feel like you're exposing yourself to even like share something publicly about this. But what I really want people to understand is that these are just patterns. And that whole thing of, oh, you are the way that you are. I am the way that I am. Or I took this personality test and it says all these things about myself. That's great. And all of those things can change. All of them can change. You are not born into the personality that you have forever and ever and ever. You can change anything about you that you want. I love how you just spun that and brought it back to the patterns. Because everything that you just said, like when you're going through a new client and figuring out the identity, it's understanding those patterns. And honestly, I forgot that we even talked about patterns and behaviors. But then realizing at that moment that you just said it, I was like, oh, you're right. The patterns that I grew up with and normalized for me and how I conduct myself is a pattern that needs to be fixed that's never really been dealt with before. And so it was just really cool how you tie that back in to bring it in because the reality is 
we need the outsider, someone like you, to recognize what are those patterns, what are those behaviors, what subconsciously have we done and that's back there that we don't even know that we need to fix and get those changes and have someone kick us in the butt saying, okay, we, if we want to move forward, we got to fix these things first before we go to the next. So that's really exactly. cool. Exactly. Exactly. And you just shed light to to something I hadn't gotten to yet, but we have a commercial break. Do you want to go on it real quick before? And I'll, let's go on I'll... the break and then we okay. we have about maybe 10, 12 minutes whenever we get Perfect. back, but let's sit on that. And then I want people to know how we can get a hold of you. So stay awesome. tuned. We'll come back here after this last break. And now a word from our sponsors. Ready to elevate your coaching business and make a profound impact? Discover your roadmap in J.R. Spears' book, The Success Guide to Building Your Coaching Empire. Immerse in wisdom earned through years of successful coaching, presenting a strategic battle plan to navigate challenges and seize opportunities. Don't just survive, but thrive in your industry. Get your copy at www.jrspear.com today. Let this guide be your companion in your journey to a powerful coaching empire. Transform your business and make a bigger impact now. And now back to the show. Let's continue the conversation. We were talking about emotions. We were talking about conflict. And then you were leaning on something else before we had to go to break. Yeah. So you just shed light to something that I, that I truly want people to hear about this too. And it's that you don't have to relive your past to explore what behaviors might be showing up now that are actually impacting your business performance. And, mm. you know, you shared something at the beginning here. I work with people that they're doing big numbers. They would have fired me a long time ago if it felt like they were going to th really, really expensive therapy every single week to just talk about their feelings, right? There's a reason that we explore this stuff. It's not just to poke for the sake of po poking. Like there's no reason to, to explore the patterns and behaviors just to explore the patterns and behaviors. You don't have to relive your childhood in order to understand, oh, I wonder if there's something in my childhood or something in my past or an experience that I haven't shed light to in a while that's impacting the way that I'm performing right now. And I just really want people to understand that because I think that's the, the biggest disconnect to this work is they think that it just means going to therapy and it doesn't we're actually looking at business performance and leadership and communication and vision and are you dreaming big enough and how all of this translates into your entrepreneurial performance and how you operate on a day-to-day -day basis you know you and i talked about this weeks ago when we first talked so many people they think they have operations problems but when they do this work they realize oh i don't have an operations problem I just have a standard that needs to be upgraded. And when I upgrade my standard, I change the way that I'm running things. And then my operations problem magically seems to disappear. Yeah, that, that's so good. I mean, kind of living and, and going back to your childhood and your past, it, it doesn't do any good, but it does help kind of understand, like what you said, understanding those different patterns that then take us there. So, I mean, there's so many amazing things that, that you're unpacking in this that it's like man where, where do i start and that's kind of the, the last question i want to ask you is like when someone is real thinking, this this is resonating with them like they're like okay i'm struggling with this conflict i'm struggling with this emotional thing i'm struggling with employee issues i'm struggling with figuring out who i am and and really identifying these key patterns what's next honestly hire someone to help you because it's going to cost you less money <laughs> Yeah. But 
without that being the honest answer and I, and I mean that like with grace like I'm someone who has a ton of grace people air out their dirty laundry to me all the time and it doesn't mean anything to me I still look at you just the same as a, as before any of that information I mean it truly from my heart though it's kind of hard to do this stuff on your own it's kind of hard to be a third party for yourself if you were being a third party for yourself you would have already done it and you know just as well as I do that coaching moves us forward so if this is something that's like oh, there, my heart's beating when I'm listening to this or like I can feel it in my chest a little bit, like explore it, don't avoid that. But there are three questions that I think everybody that's listening to this could benefit from taking initiative on this week. The first question is, what's the one thing you could do this week that you might be avoiding? And when you think about this, be really honest with yourself envision all of your team members, envision your clients, envision your spouse, envision all of the people in your life, because usually there's a conversation that you could have with somebody, whether it's you pitching your services to somebody that you're avoiding, or you having a conversation with your spouse about something that, you know, you're just feeling like the marriage needs, needs more of, or you asking an employee to step it up a little bit. Usually there is a conversation that people avoid, that we all avoid collectively. So starting there and just honoring and looking at what is the one thing I, that I could do this week that I might be avoiding? Almost every time there is an answer to that. The second question is a little bit different. If you were making double your revenue right now, what would you be doing differently? That's gonna have you start thinking about who you are in a different season of your life, who you are in a different season of leadership, who you are in a different season of entrepreneurship. And the way that we know how to behave now in order to get there is to just hack the process and go to, okay, well, if I am being that person, what would I do differently today? That could be a one sentence answer, or it could be a one pager, you know, depending on how much time the listeners want to take on this. The third thing is, what is one thing you can let go in your business that you're no longer aligned with? And this last question, here's where a lot of people are going to go. I love my business. It's fine. I love everything about my business. But what I find is usually there's something in the business that if we were to rate on a scale from one to 10, because JRI loves scales from one to 10, they make us be really honest with ourselves about how we really feel about things instead of just saying, oh, that that's good or that's great. We can say, actually, it's a six out of 10. Well, if anything is a six out of 10 for you in your business, there's a good chance going back to like that worthiness thing. You're just doing it for people pleasing purposes. You're doing it because you think you have to, you're doing it because you haven't given yourself permission not to do it. And I'm not talking about what I call the business dishes. We have to pay our taxes. We have to file our annual reports. We have to do the business dishes, right? But if there's something that you're marketing that you're not super energized by, or there's someone, a client that you're working with that's actually draining the life out of you or anything at all that you're doing that you're just not super lit up by, there's money somewhere else that if you could just acknowledge, if I let go of this, this door opens, I'm gonna go play over here, you're gonna make more money. 
I love that. And those three questions are definitely golden. We only got about 15 seconds, then we end. And I want everyone to know, guys, we have all of our contact information. It's going to be on the show notes. So uh, I want to make sure that you guys click on that, be able to connect with Mallory. And we will uh, hopefully have a part two and get that booked and uh, continue this conversation. So thank you for being here on our show today. Thank you for listening to The Daily Creed. We hope you enjoy. For more, connect with us at www.blncommunity.com. That's www.blncommunity.com. We'll see you here next time.